I was going to break up with Ariana regardless. But you didn't. You f***ed your best friend instead. You're a worm with a mustache. I don't give a Welcome to the Gospel of Vanderpump Rules. I'm Lauren. And I'm Mallory. And this is our brand new podcast. We're going to be talking about Vanderpump Rules, obviously, but we're also going to be talking about other Bravo-related subjects as it strikes our fancy. We're going to be giving um, our hot takes for some, you know, psychology in there. We're going to be exploring dynamics um, of this group, and we're really excited. And thanks for your flexibility as we get these first couple of episodes out. We're still playing around with the structure, figuring out kind of exactly what we want to do. And we hope that you will stick around and keep listening. And what else do we have, Mel? We have some extra segments up our sleeve for down the road, um, sort of themed off of the gospel topic we grew up in a southern baptist church together we are no longer southern baptist um (laughs) but former church girlies and we thought that would be kind of a fun theme to use uh all out of love to uh tie in the way that we originally met and became friends so we're excited to roll those out but for now we hope you enjoy the okay, we have to talk about the new main title intro, which I absolutely love. I saw some behind the scenes footage of the fact that they shot this with like a little drone. And oh, yeah, so I I saw I can't remember, you know, what Instagram rabbit hole I was going down, but I saw some like behind the scenes look of them filming these new main title intros. And it it was really cool to like see how the drone like flies from something about her to Tom Tom. It it was really cool. Um, Okay. So this is like, it's like an all one shot situation. I think so. I mean, I don't know the technical... Oh, maybe you know, not though, because they could aspect. Yeah. yeah. But um, we, I will try to find it and post it to our Instagram stories. The coolest part for me is Katie and Ariana are at the forefront. They are the opening shot and they're in something yeah. about her, which is so exciting. They looked so beautiful. I loved that the girls were first. I love that that's how we opened it. Um, and I, I just love that we saw inside something about her. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, same. And it felt so, I don't know, I felt very, this kind of comes up later in the episode for me too, but I felt sort of like, oh, we're back. Like it it just felt really good to be back and just see some new dynamics at play that feel really, actually really, really positive as much as there's so mm. much like heartbreak and relationships have been broken from the Scandaval situation, there's also this really like empowered duo of Ariana and Katie. Yeah. Emerging with this sort of, you know, relationship, these relationships with Lala and Sheena. Right. Which I think comes back up when they're all at TomTom, but. Yeah. And as they say, it is the summer for bad bitches. And. Yes. Yes. We echo and that. I love it. Yeah, it's always yeah. always the summer for bad bitches. I don't care what time right. of year it is. Um, then we go over to Tom Tom <laughs> with the Toms, of course. And it was really interesting to me that they were not at Schwartz and Sandy's, but that they were at Tom Tom. And I did hear a rumor that ah. Greg, yes, Greg, their business partner, supposedly, allegedly wouldn't allow production to film at Schwartz and Sandy's because of all of the vitriol uh, that we'll get into. And I think, Mm -hmm. I think really just because, you know, Tom Sandoval's a demon as our Lord and savior, Danny Pellegrino would say, that man is a demon. (laughs) And so (laughs) you don't let production film at Schwartz and Sandy's because that demon has caused a lot of problems. Then we get this 
shot with uh, Sheena and Lala and James. And there's like some cool like slow-mo, some cool confetti. I, I, I liked it. It was like like this kind of slow, sexy scene. Um, but the this really made me feel and realize like how small this cast the cast is. Did you realize that too? A hundred percent. I was going to bring it up. It's a small group. I think it's by far the smallest cast that we've ever seen on BPR. So that was really interesting. I was like, oh damn. And now it's all the, this intro is already over. And so we see a closing shot of Lisa. There's not even a purse throw. There's, there are no cocktail yeah. cocktails spilt that I saw, which was <laughs> unfortunate. Um, we just get this kind of like slow turn that Lisa does at the very end. We get like a very typical VPR type of a montage where we're just kind of like popping in to everybody's different locations and seeing mm-hmm. where everyone is at. And we see Tom and Ariana's house. And I've got to tell you, I had an instant jump scare when I saw the absolutely massive, like (laughs) pixelated painting. Is it a painting? Is it a blown up photo? I don't know what it is, but it is a huge painting of some kind photo of Tom and Ariana. Yeah. Like still hanging in their house. And I'm uh, shocked. Shocked. That that wasn't like ripped down. I mean, by this, Ariana. Is, this is like three months later too. We're, we're very fresh off of, off of Scandal Vault when we're seeing them in these episodes. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, three months is enough time for me to remove that goddamn painting. Absolutely. Well, I think there's some like there's some weird Delulu energy <laughs> in the upstairs area of their house because it, oh yeah they're living right down the hall from each other, which surprised me. I don't yes. know why I pictured when I heard that they were still living together that like Ariana's in their bedroom, but Sandoval's like in the basement or something. I don't know. I just thought they it, were on different levels or something. They never had to see each other, but yeah, they're right next, they're right down the hall from each other. It so, really stood out to me too. When I we, don't know, there's just that is so denial land or something. And I get there; it's really complicated for them to figure out different living arrangements, I guess. But who I would, yeah, I don't know how you do that at all. And yeah, I feel like that painting is such a representation of like their energy still being tied until they <laughs> figure out this house situation. And then we see that Ariana forget the dumpling latte because Ariana is now making her own damn lattes. The, the patron saint of scorned badass women. Badass women. <laughs> yeah, we are going to swap that out. We're going to reclaim that. That's for sure. We see Sheena and Brock with Summer Moon and um, in their little uh, Marina Del Rey apartment, which. I know that Sheena has a a Palm Springs place because we we heard all of that that you know she bought next door to Lala. I I think I was just a little surprised to see that they were still in that in that apartment, especially when we move on to see James and Allie, and they've got their their brand new Burbank house, which I thought. Though it's conveniently located right next to the airport, <laughs> I thought I thought that house looked really beautiful, and they had like it this- did. It was really cute. Uh, I love how shady the editors were. Like James is like, it's yes. it's so quiet here, and then we get this like r- airplane, yeah, booming airplane. We see like a quick little shot of Schwartz and all of his many, many, many plants. And I am a plant girly. I. I love all my plants, take a lot of pride in them. But there was something that made me feel a little sad for Schwartz in that moment. I know. Well, and he also called them his only friends. <laughs> he sure did. Yeah, he sure did. Which I'm like, come on. I know. He's- but I agree. I still felt a little bit like, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And we're we're going to talk more about Schwartz and that apartment because woof. So... 
we Katie comes over to Ariana's and it's before they're going to go thrifting for something about her. Katie looks so hot and I love her new haircut. It, she is absolutely at the top of her yes game. Yeah, she's thriving. I, I, she she is giving what I think she's always had in her, but like we're really seeing it now. Completely, everything's coming together for her. It's I, just yes, I could not so agree awesome more. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And you guys are going to learn this if you stick around. Unpopular opinion. I am a Katie apologist and I am proud to say that I always have been. And I think that Katie has been done so dirty by this show and quite frankly, by the fan base. I think Schwartz has perpetually gotten away with bad behavior by being this like adorable, like, oh, bubba, 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 like just bumbling idiot that somehow garners all of this sympathy that he does not deserve because that man, when push comes to shove and when he gets his buttons pushed, he gets really mean, really quick. And we'll, we'll talk all about that. But all that to say, Katie is the number one guy in this group. And I'm I'm just going to say that and keep repeating it because I think Katie is really in her like thriving era. I hope the tide is turning on the 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 backlash and the hate that these women have gotten while the men can act like complete and utter. Uh-huh dickheads so yeah katie tells us that something about her is falling into place and you know we get to see some shots inside um we know that nancy meyer's production designer helped create the aesthetic but i i have to keep it real what do we think of the aesthetic because i'm gonna tell you honestly that i'm on the fence about it i am too i don't Thank you. I, it's not really. <laughs> Thank you welcome. for affirming that. <laughs> it's it's like fine. I I don't know. I like so support them, and I want them to do amazing. And I I I wonder, I wonder if it looks better in person. Better in person. <laughs> when I first saw it, I was underwhelmed, but of course, wish nothing but the best for something about her. I want a sandwich. I'm a big sandwich gal. I think we just have to go see it in person. We just need um, to go to LA. We find out from Ariana that Tom is gone. That's why the house is so quiet. He's shooting special forces in New Zealand. So Ariana says that she's very validly, I think, that she wasn't ready to be kicked out of her house just because Sandoval cheated. And so we see their living arrangements. But can I say like both of their, especially Ariana's room, stressed me the fuck out. It was me so messy. Too. Tom Sandoval's was like, okay, that's what I would have expected. Yeah. But her room, I was like, do you not have a closet anymore? What's <laughs> happening? I know. And maybe it was like she was traveling a lot or I don't know. That's, maybe yeah. Yeah. She's a she's been busy. And yeah, she's a busy you know, girl. She's getting stuff done. So like if your room looks like that, fine. That's yeah. good for you. Good yeah, you do you. you. You do you. Tom wants to buy Ariana out and stay at their house. But to me, Katie had the best point of all. If he has that kind of money to buy her out, why would he not just want to buy something else? It's because he's lazy. <laughs> he actually talked about this on the Vile Files. I mean, he did the whole thing of like, basically along the lines of like, I'm the one that buys the batteries, Ugh. you know, and Ariana doesn't do anything. He's like, I did so much to this house and I built like a custom gym and I don't want to have to move and build another gym. Yeah, the the whole thing between Tom and Ariana living in the same house. I know it has gotten a ton of publicity. Everyone has an opinion about it. I I think that multiple things can be true at one time. I think that, you know, they each can have 
a valid side in this. I get that like immediately vacating your home that you also put $250,000 into as well, you know, for the down payment. I get that you don't immediately want to move out. And I, I also get like how unfair that would feel. I, I feel like that's really mm-hmm. the vibe I'm getting from Ariana. I feel like we have to give a little moment to the assistant, Anne. Yes. So we find out that the way that Ariana and Tom are communicating is through Tom Sandoval's assistant, Anne. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we see like a flashback between Ariana and Anne. And Ariana <laughs> is in her bedroom texting Anne. Please tell him to turn off the LED lights at night. It's annoying the neighbors. (laughs) And then we cut to Anne reading her phone and we see the text she types back. He says they fall under freedom of speech. (laughs) It's just Coachella 24-7. Yeah, that is so right. It's Coachella over there. 10 mile radius of everywhere Tom is. Uh, James says, you know, even a carrier pigeon has told Tom that his feelings are hurt because, yeah, Tom cheated with James's ex, which is just a very, of all of the dynamics here, it's something that like keeps coming up for me is I think rightfully so we've really focused on how Ariana feels about all of this. And Sheena being Sheena also really lets us know how all of this is affecting her. But the thing that I I would, I feel like should actually get a lot more airtime and have a lot more weight to it really is like, I don't think that we've talked enough about how James feels about all of this. So yeah, you've almost had to like, recognize it as a viewer on our on our own it hasn't really been cut in a way that's given him airtime and we just are really seeing how divided the group is and how everyone is uh, has really been on the outs with sandoval and people are not communicating with him right now you know we we see brock and sheena and they're talking about how they've both been blocked by tom they reached out to him after tom's one of his best friends ali dies which is and it's incredibly incredibly sad and i think that it was absolutely the right move for them to reach out but Tom blocked Sheena, blocked Brock, blocked Sheena's sister, and even we find out Summer Moon. We see Lala and her mom in Lala's apartment, and we kind of get an update on what you know their living situation is. Her mom has uprooted her life and moved from Utah and is is living with her, helping her raise Ocean. We find out that Easton, Lala's brother, is also living in the same apartment complex. And it was a it was like a really interesting scene for me to see Lala be emotional and talking about the fact that, you know, she's she really hasn't had the opportunity to deal with the trauma of what happened with Randall because she's been really dealing with this custody battle. And I I just thought it was interesting how there's like a lot of fourth wall breaking and really throughout the episode, like we hear about watch what happens live. We hear about, you know, Lala says like she doesn't care if Ocean is on Vanderpump rules like that's not what she wants out of this from this custody battle with Randall what she really wants is final say on education and health and yeah what did you what did you think of because I always wonder Lala is a very polarizing figure 
I think that people either love her or hate her. And I really wonder kind of how this is all hitting for the audience. I have a soft spot for Lala Mm. when, especially when she is willing to kind of share a different side of herself. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, and maybe it was sort of like the bolstering of her mom being there and it being a conversation with her mom. Mm, um, yeah, so sweet and just like such a good mom. And I felt like we really see a genuine side of Lala in this moment. Mm-hmm. And I have some things to say about that later in, in mm, the episode okay, as yeah. we get further in. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I actually think this is such a great example, this episode of why Lala is polarizing. Um, we see Schwartz and James have this cute little friend date. And for me, watching it back, and you guys, I watched this episode several times. So I I picked up on things over the many times I watched it. But when they first see each other, to me, they honestly and genuinely look happy to see each other. And I felt like there was real friend chemistry between them and it was just to me it was like really cute and it it felt very it felt very honest and it felt very real to me and who gave james permission to look like jude law okay that was exactly what i was gonna say wait really yes oh my gosh okay the glasses the glasses the hair (laughs) You know, like um, James even does this like really big grin. He's got he does this like a very big smile in this scene. And it to me, it was just absolutely giving Jude Law for me. And I was, was just giving Jude Law in the holiday when you see him yes. for the first time with the glasses on. Yeah. And it's he, like drop dead gorgeous, like so hot, so hot and so hot. I mean, sobriety looks so good on James. Yes. It's like everything that's good about him is just like... Totally agree. Popping, you know? Like his his infectious energy, you can yep. feel it through the screen in the scene. Yeah. And even the way he orders like an espresso from the server is like... I cheating. loved it. Yeah, it was so cute. <laughs> what, do you want another espresso? <laughs> He's he like, this little look. I know. I know. He did this w- cute little like, mm-hmm, I'm being bad tonight kind of look <laughs> to the server. And I was just like, yeah, I feel like it I was can so understand cute. why people love James. You know, we find out he's California sober, which is, you know, all all good and well. It's I think if it works for you, it works for you. You know, there's no judgment from me at all about that. Schwartz gives James a Monstera plant and this like fancy candle because he's a homeowner now. And there was just, again, like there was just real friend chemistry and I just really liked it. But the thing that was interesting to me is like Schwartz is showing up for James, I think in this like thoughtful and considerate way and saying like, hey like you're a homeowner now like here's a nice plant and here's a nice smelling candle for your nice new space and it is such a juxtaposition for me from the way that schwartz is showing up for himself that's codependency baby right there Ooh, okay say more i feel like i keep bringing this up in the two episodes we've recorded (laughs) and i'm not an expert at all but I I know that one of the qualities of like struggling with codependency is that you are putting everybody in front of yourself and your own needs. Maybe I'm I'm misstepping by trying to like diagnose them, but like you know there there really is care there and that's why it's mm-hmm. so hard to recognize sometimes like where that line is crossed, where that person is just in an unhealthy way almost like giving of themselves outwardly and not taking care of their own home or their own well-being. So maybe the good side of it that we see outwardly is Schwartz doing these thoughtful things. And that's like the, you know, the other side of the coin is him feeling like a martyr, like you said. Like I so see that in Schwartz. Like everything is, oh, poor me. Everything is, is, 
well, how did I get into this situation? Why is Ariana so mad at me? It's like, dude, you have got, are, are you blind? Come on, let's take some responsibility for your part in all of this and understand that maybe that's why Ariana is so hurt. But yeah. Schwartz talks about how hard this year has been for him, which I do have a lot of sympathy for him. You know, he says um, his brother had some really serious health issues. Of course, he got a divorce. Um, it's been very hard at Schwartz and Sandy's because of Scandaval. I mean, he's scared that people are going to boo at him, which, you know, I get. Um, he said the staff, a lot of staff have quit, that reservations are down, and the staff is has even been harassed, which is truly terrible. And we know at the height of Scandaval that, you know, people were making reservations and then not showing up. You know, we know that there was some vandalism that happened. And I think everyone who took it to that place really took it way too far, way too far. It's like, you don't, you, you absolutely don't harass staff. Like, I think there's just zero excuse for that. And that, that is really, that, that made me like genuinely angry and upset to hear yeah. that. But me too. Yeah. He's just like lamenting to James and, uh, and James says, I think very aptly, he says, you're the best Tom when you're just Tom Schwartz and you're not, you know, Tom and Tom. And I could not agree more. Ariana and Sheena go to the spa and um, Ariana is on our wavelength because she arrives in this very flowy, white, um, almost linen-y like dress. And she says she feels like she's about to get baptized. And I, I love that. She talks about how she met Dan and, you know, he's a personal trainer and he's a bartender. He lives in New York. So they're doing long distance and they met like 10 or 11 days after everything happened. And she went to Mexico for one of her oldest friends weddings and there's a lot to be said, I think, about the timeline of Ariana getting with Dan. You know, Sheena also says in her confessional that she doesn't think that Ariana has dealt with the trauma of Tom cheating. Sheena talks about how she was diagnosed with OCD about six months ago and she's taking Zoloft. And I was really grateful and proud of Sheena. I was like really grateful that she mentioned it openly on the show. I think that OCD in particular in our culture is very misunderstood. And I think the more awareness that we can raise it, the better. And I think that OCD often it's become this like colloquialism where people are like, oh yeah, I'm really OCD. And and they say it in terms of it being like a positive in their life of, of you know, I'm really organized or I like to clean. And it's, it's like, folks, that is not OCD. OCD really um, is a struggle and prevents you from accomplishing tasks in your life if it's not well managed and not well uh, medicated and not that everyone needs to take medication for it, but just saying it can, it can be a benefit. So all that being said, I was really just, I was glad that Sheena was open and um, vulnerable about it. And she said that, you know, particularly her, her anxiety after Scandaval and her paranoia were just going crazy that she started to have all of these thoughts, which I can, I can really relate to you know, if Tom did this to Ariana, is Brock going to do this to me? Is Brock going to do this with Lala? And that it was just really all consuming. And so I'm, I'm glad that, you know, she, I think is in a better place with it now. And, you know, that, that is, that was really good to see. And Ariana and Sheena are talking at the spa and 
Ariana or sorry, Sheena says to Ariana, you know, how are you with Schwartz? Like what's going on there? And she was like, oh, well, uh, I have him blocked on everything. And this is after we we get another fourth wall break of Ariana mentioning the absolute disaster that was Schwartz being on Watch What Happens Live, where he suggests that people, even though Tom doesn't deserve it, that people should go and give him a hug. And my favorite part is that we get this hilarious text from Ariana to Schwartz, where Ariana is like, I don't think what I said to him was that bad. And then we get Tom Schwartz reading it, saying, and I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but saying, I have it. Oh, say it, Mal, say it. Oh, no. Okay. Ariana texted this to Schwartz. But she didn't, she, in her interview, she did not remember what she said to him. And he has the text. So he reads it. Yeah. Fuck you. Blocking your number. Go choke on Sandoval's dirty ass dick. <laughs> and, and it cuts back to them in the yeah. spa. And Ariana's like, I don't see a friendship there for me. <laughs> we see everybody getting ready to go to Tom Tom for James DJ set. I really loved that Ariana, you know, she was FaceTiming with Dan and she said, like, I'm nervous to go, but I'm not going to make my life smaller just because of what happened. And yes, ab like, absolutely. And we get, we get a lot of slow motion shots of people entering TomTom, -tom, which to me, they cannot over use that slow-mo meaning every single time it happens i love it i don't Me know too. what it is but i'm just a sucker for a like sexy slow-mo shot of people entering a building it feels like a music video it feels like mean girls like when they're all walking down the hall yes. it feels like we're watching like a 90s yes movie and, yeah, and the I love music it. budget the music budget this season upped it, right at least for this episode yeah is like out i mean the music they used in this episode is it does feel like we're watching a really amazing like teen drama movie i know that yeah. everybody's like in their late 30s early 40s right. at this point right. i wrote like why is this like kind of emotional and cathartic <laughs> Yes. It's totally the music, I think. And the, the music and the slow-mo, because it wasn't just those like yeah. silly songs, no offense, um, to the previous episodes, but those very like, you know, selling sunset song, you know, oh like my the God. I'm They're in so my heels. Right. And I'm, you know, walking in. You can't mess They're with me, whatever. <laughs> Garbage. Sorry. They're but you I know, it's it like they really there was something really kind of like epic about <laughs> the uh, slow-mo arrivals to Tom Tom. My favorite is like the slow motion shot of Ken where he's in it for one second and you're like, oh yeah, Ken's alive. Oh yeah, I forgot. Totally forgot that Ken is even a part of this <laughs> at all. Um, and then we get like a, a very, like you said, it was like a, kind of emotional where we get the, the inner mixing of the old scene of Ariana and Katie walking into Tom Tom when it first opened. And then we get this like overlay of them now. And that hit me right in the feels. And then for the first time in this whole episode, we finally see Lisa and Ariana gets emotional sitting in the same seat and you know, says that she is kind of caught off guard by it and that she didn't expect all of those feelings to just come rushing back because she's been there a million times. She sat in that seat a million times, but, you know, she hasn't been there since that night where Tom's dumbass phone falls out and started this whole thing. Yeah. For listeners who, somehow have not watched Vanderpump Rules. Um, <laughs> Which, what are you doing here? No, yeah, what, no, no. everyone is welcome. You're, everyone's welcome. Um, but yeah, that's the, the last time. Ariana was at TomTom Tom 
Tom Sandoval, her partner, was performing. His phone fell out of his pocket. And she picked it up to like make sure it was okay and then found a video on it of uh I don't even I will blush to say exactly what happened. You can look it up. But she finds a video recording of him him and Rachel, who formerly known as Raquel. Yeah. Um I know most people listening to this will have already known all this information, but I have some friends who want to tune in that haven't watched it. So that's for you. They anyway, love, go watch they love it. To bridge the gap. Yeah, I got to bridge the gap there. On the note of Ariana getting emotional, I I just think this is such a moment in this episode that shows us the depth of how much she loved Tom. Mm-hmm. And there's a narrative and that I think is going to be perpetuated in this season of Ariana like maybe undeservedly getting all of this attention and praise. And for some reason, I feel like that kind of implies that she doesn't care. Like she didn't care about their relationship and now they're broken up. She's just thriving. Like there's some choice she had in all of this. Mm -hmm. She's not always been perfect, but there's just really something about her, you know, (laughs) that, that people really drew to her and the fact that it was, anyway, I'll get a little bit more into this later, but I just wanted to preface that. Yeah. I also really loved that when she was getting emotional, it's like, these are real friendships. Like all of the girls, you know, I like Sheena reached out her hand and was like squeezing Ariana's hand and mouthed, I love you. And I just thought it was really sweet. It like literally almost made me tear up. It was really sweet. And I think especially in the world of reality TV and, and Bravo is no different. It, you know, some of these housewife shows have so gotten away from casting real friends or real, at least acquaintances. And things can feel so forced and so manufactured and, and even the drama feels so disconnected from reality. And I think that's one thing that VPR does really well is like, these are people that really have known each other for years and have so much history together. And that's always going to perform really well. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree. It really jumped off the screen in this moment when they were, the girls were supporting her. And at this point, James starts his DJ set, or maybe he's already started. And Logan, who's a bartender there, comes up to get their drink orders. Mm -hmm. And then this is the moment that Schwartz decides to butt in and tries to ask if they want anything to drink and is kind of like, hi, Ariana. And she very pointedly gives her drink order to Logan and does not acknowledge Tom. And that's when we cut to his interview moment when he's like, I understand she has this exalted status, Queen Ariana, patron saint of scorned women. And I wrote, sorry, fuck you, Schwartz, in my notes. (laughs) Yes. That's not what's going on here. And it's really, it's really, really insulting. It's very demeaning to Ariana. And it's very Sandoval coded as well. He even calls Ariana an ice queen, which really annoys the shit out of me. Like she's already established that y'all aren't friends. This is what kills me about Schwartz. And it's what he did constantly to Katie as well. I mean, he is always negging women. It, It is always Schwartz making it about Katie's reaction or Ariana's reaction and they are the problem. You know, their their reactivity or their reaction to what I did is the problem, not my actual behavior. And that is what I can't stand. That is what I hate. It's like Schwartz, this has to do with your own behavior. Why do you think Ariana doesn't want to talk to you. And I think he wanted like some sort of validation from her here, which I don't understand. Mm-hmm. He thought that he would get that. Mm-hmm. And him calling her an ice queen and 
patron saint of scorned women, like she's this exalted person and is too good to talk to him. That's not what she's doing. She's holding a boundary that she already drew with you. She's just holding a boundary. Exactly. So yeah, like you need to flitter off and he does and he goes and sulks to the bartender (laughs) and he's like, asks for a hug. I need a hug bad. And he's just so mopey, mopey dopey. Yeah, Schwartzy. Gosh, Lisa, Lisa said it best, right? He is a oh wussy God. pussy, and and yeah, he really is, and it's so annoying. It, it's so annoying, and it just isn't doing him any favors. And it's just, I mean, in a way, it's sort of satisfying to see because you're like, well, you're making yourself look really wussy pussy. So <laughs> I don't think anyone's fooled. I don't think, except maybe no. his employees at TomTom who have to give him a hug which is weird. What, what would you, I mean, if you are working at like a bar and your boss comes up, it's like, I need a hug bad. <laughs> like what? <laughs> we have some flashbacks with Ariana and Tom and it was, I, I just back kind of, we don't have to go too into it, but Tom, Tom is just like the scene of a really mm. good part of their relationship. There, there's this little flashback in particular where it's they're at Tom Tom it's when they've just opened it's like their opening party it's Tom kisses Katie and Ariana kisses Tom Sandoval and Ariana's face she's she's crying and she's she's like mouthing to him how proud she is of him and I, I was like going back to what you said, like this was real, like this was really real for her. And I, I think it was real for him too, to the extent that he's actually capable of having yeah. any, anything when real. It, when he, when it came to a point in the relationship where some of those excitement things had fizzled, he didn't realize that he was supposed to put in work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those those flashbacks were powerful to me. Yeah, I just liked that we got those flashbacks because it sort of gave us this like interior experience of Ariana probably at that moment. I know she was probably yeah. actually just thinking of the really bad thing that happened when she was last at TomTom. Yeah. But I can imagine all of those memories are in her psyche in this moment. And then back at the girls' booth, we see them, the girls all toast to a summer of bad bitches. And then um, Tom tries to come by again and says, hi to Ariana. I'm really glad you're here. And she ignores him again, mm-hmm. um, which I don't blame her. Um, and then we go to Lala and Lisa talking about Raquel slash Rachel. Um, and Lala is like, I've reflected on those like last five minutes of the the basically Rachel's confession mm-hmm. when she comes back to the producers and is giving them a little more of her side of the story at the end of last season um, saying, I feel like Tom is like my one person that I do have. And if I just like went and betrayed him, then I'd really have nobody. Yeah. And that really hit Lala really hard. And she can relate to Rachel in that, you know, she risked everything for Randall and Lisa is like, I'm surprised she had the balls to go against Sandoval and mm-hmm. happy to see Lala kind of softening toward Rachel. And Lisa's kind of like, as she always does, she always has this little moment in one of her interviews in the season when something's really going down with the group. Mm-hmm. She's like, if Lala can forgive <laughs> Raquel, then I'm hopeful there's room for forgiveness from the others. So I don't know. That's very like optimistic of you, Lisa. There was a lot that did hit for me with Lala's vulnerability, which I like to see. And I think that there is some real genuineness and authenticity to it. I think that Lala has been through the ringer. I think she's been through a lot. It's like, I can't help but take off my skeptical hat of like, there 
there was a camera already set up outside in the Tom Tom alley. There is something about it that's not sitting right with me that feels a little too contrived. You that's know? what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah I think like, Lala's producing herself. Yes. I think she's trying to make this connection that I of and and yes like there are similarities here right where like lala was the other woman and R rachel was the other woman and so yeah there are undeniable similarities but there is something that just doesn't quite sit right for me because it feels like too far of a stretch i don't doubt that lala has the capacity for empathy toward raquel mm -hmm. but like I I don't know how I can't tell how fully genuine this move is, especially because, yeah, she waited to do it till they were on camera. There's something weird about this episode, too. To me, there's there's an uncanniness about this episode because Scandival was so culturally relevant to so many of us. And it's such a self-referential episode. It feels like when like there's a reboot of a TV show and it keeps making inside jokes about the earlier version of the TV show. <laughs> and you're like, I don't need that really. So there's yeah. just, there's an inevitability of that. I don't even know how to fully put words to it, but there's some weird, like brain tickly uncanniness to this episode. I don't know if you felt mm. that way, but you mentioned something about breaking the fourth wall. Yes. You know, they just they and like even like over and over. Yeah. And Sheena even would, She'd kind of be like, yeah, we're with the mustache with like a right. little smile on her face to Brock in the beginning. And and there's something weird about hearing that because it's is. sort of like the fans are experiencing this and creating our own little world together. And then to right. hear the cast, you know, be referencing it. Obviously, they have to. I don't see any way around it, but like. Right. They have to mention just, what happened. It's strange that that they're also enmeshed with the 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 Scandival experience almost in such a similar way as us, which is like how it all took off and became so zeitgeisty. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, even the way that Lala in that conversation with Lisa, she says the last five minutes, which even that phrase, if you are not clued in to Scandival, you have no clue what the hell that means what she or just what said. the hell she's yeah. talking about. You're right. It, it does feel very surreal. It's like, it's it feels very meta. Maybe that's the way to yeah, explain it. It's yeah. very meta. It's like they are they are making all of these culturally relevant references on their reality TV show. It's it's like yeah. it is kind of like mind-bendingly weird. Yeah, there yeah. was a strange ex it felt I loved watching this episode, but it felt yeah. strange. I felt, I don't know. And I also was recovering from like, you know, having a fever and stuff. <laughs> that's part of it. But I, I'm, that's, yeah. You were I'm, in I was a haze. Curious if you felt that too. Yeah. So Lala goes outside Tom Tom back alley and <laughs> leaves a voice message for Raquel. That's like, sure. You don't, didn't expect to hear from me. I hope you're doing okay. Um, and I'd love to meet up and talk just really quickly, you know, Katie and Sheena have their moment because they had such a conflict last season with like Sheena basically admits she was like writing off her friendship with Katie. She really chose Tom Schwartz and the divorce, you know, yeah. and was really trying to push Tom on Raquel Rachel, yep. um, slash Rachel mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and then she admits that like she's really sorry and she'll never let something like that happen again and in her interview is just saying how she realized her and katie still like each other and they want to be friends and they kind of came together over ariana's heartbreak and then they uh are like we should do a girls night mm -hmm. and then our exit out of tom tom is this song it's another like slow-mo montage with this song called there's blood in the water yes and we see <laughs> everyone we like check in with everyone in slow motion and we see like tom moping behind the bar drinking a like 
sip of his beer super slow. And then we see Sheena doing like a stank face, like dancing, but it's this really serious. She's got her like shoulder shaved. Yeah. Yes. And, and then Katie like looking over her shoulder really slow. And then Ariana dancing like in the middle of all these people with this like spotlight on her is what it looks like for some reason. Yeah, it was and like, then, like a camera. Of, yeah, like um, yeah, like yeah. a camera flash or yes. like flashlight was on her. And then you see like the fans of listening to like James's DJ set, like sort of like rallying for Ariana. Which and you all want to of talk this. about more meta moments, right? Yes, of like yeah, it's bizarre yes it's like i felt like i was having a religious (laughs) like hallucination (laughs) it really ties into the theme of the podcast yeah (laughs) but all of these like shots are intercut with these super fast like horror film jump scare (laughs) clips of tom sandoval's face And Ariana yelling at him. The song like climaxes and we see like Ariana's like fierce like scream at him from from last season and the final episode. When she says, I don't give a fuck about fucking Raquel. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Um, And I actually thought the episode was going to be over, but it wasn't. We cut to Schwartz's apartment, womp womp, and he's making Mm. juice. And the sound of the juicer scares butters and (laughs) no one cares. And then (laughs) Katie comes over to pick up their dogs because they share custody of their dogs, which is sweet. I'm glad they do that. Um, I guess. Are we? I mean, I'm a little worried about, about them with Shorty, but um, but then she like so unenthusiastically agrees to stay and hang out. I love that she says too that Schwartz, the only access that Schwartz has to her life is just through the dogs, and that her her boundary that she's put up is really saying no, like you don't get access to any other part of my life because of the this man we could create montage after montage of him screaming at katie you know or him saying absolutely awful things of about how he is disgusted by her he doesn't you know he he's not doesn't miss her at all he's so glad that they're separated and that they're divorced like he doesn't you know ever want to be with her he's so glad he's not with her you know etc cetera, etc cetera. and uh, i'm just really glad that she's put this boundary down of you know i'm not i'm also not going to like i am not your wife anymore i am not going to um help you make amends with ariana i'm not going to yeah. build a bridge for you if you if you want to talk to her then you talk to her like that has nothing to do with me Yep. I loved that for Katie. I loved seeing Katie do that. And mm-hmm. and then Schwartz is like, he misses Ariana and that she's super cool. And Katie's like a lot cooler than Tom Sandoval. And then Schwartz is like, he's with a drill sergeant right now. He's in a boot camp, which I'm not really <laughs> sure what he's trying to say there. Like, oh, you know, that makes him just as cool as Ariana. No. But um, and then Katie whispers, I hope he cries. <laughs> just one more like yeah (laughs) winning moment for for katie yes so good um and then we go we're we're back into slow motion entrances with um uplifting music (laughs) and we're going to i forgot what the restaurant's called but the girls are arriving for their girls night um sheena lala katie and ariana they put in their orders, blah, blah, blah. I really liked that Lala ordered ranch for the fries. So Katie <laughs> brings up, even though she said she wasn't going to, she's like, Tom misses you, Ariana. And she's like, that's too bad. <laughs> and <laughs> I loved that. And then Lala, here we go, says, let me play devil's advocate for a second. <sighs> And then Aria, it cuts to Ariana's interview that's like, the devil doesn't need any more advocates, let's just say that. And I actually do agree with Lala to some extent, but I do think Schwartz has a lot more agency than this gives him credit for. 
um, as we've just really been saying this whole episode. And um, Lala thinks Schwartz was like dealing with mental abuse from Sandoval for years. And Ariana's kind of like, yeah, like there's a lot of levels of unlearning I'm just now doing. And, you know, Tom used to even be like, you shouldn't get close to Katie, like be careful with her. And she's had Mm -hmm. to sort of she's just discovering, I guess, peeling back layers of all these things that Tom would tell her that, you know, affected the way she was approaching her friendships and the people in her life. Then this is when Lala um, is like, doesn't know if Ariana likes her and if they're actually friends and that she can't tell that, you know, she's got, seems to have this wall up and they have this moment where Ariana's like, are you serious? You know, kind of like, no, I, I love you. And they have this little bonding moment. Right. But there's this comment that Lala makes that I actually think is really brushed over. And I don't think I would have heard it if I was sitting at the table with her. I don't think I would have caught the gravity of what she said. Mm. But she's like, she says she feels like she's been left to defend herself alone. Yeah. And I think that's actually the basis of Lala's trajectory in this season to come. That's my prediction. Mm. I think she's trying to communicate something different than just, you've got a wall up, Ariana. Are we good? Are we friends? Like, I can't tell. I think there's also her wanting to have as much support around her as ariana is getting yeah because lala's been through hell as well yeah um and again this comment does not get really addressed but ariana apologizes that she didn't trust lala's judgment and they they seemingly make amends and then this is kind of like our our last moment of the girls night that really kind of takes the cake la la is then like okay well now that now that we've made up (laughs) i need to be honest with you and this is when she admits that she sent raquel a message slash rachel and the faces around the table especially katie's face is like hilarious it's just i guess watch it's some of yeah it's some of the best reactions amazing i I feel like that prediction, I cannot wait to see what happens and what unfolds because that really struck me too when Lala was saying, I, I've i been a, a dog in everybody else's fight. Like yeah. I've come to defend all of you. And I think she has, I think she really has, but she does not feel like people have come to defend her. And I think there's also a lot of merit to that as well, you know, and there were people, including all of the girls on that cast who were saying, they were telling her, you are the other woman. What are you doing? You know, there's a really, really, really nasty moment where Schwartz, I think this was last season, right? Where Schwartz says like, go suck some more dick for a Range Rover, you know, and it's people have been really ugly to her and so i i think i can't wait to see if how that um how that prediction unfolds because i think you're you're really dead on i also wanted to say too that i think that there is a lot of merit to lala saying like she she says ariana is a tough cookie to crack and i think that that is very legitimate i think that i think ariana is one of those people that seems to like trust people pretty slowly and not let a lot of people into her inner circle and so i do think that there's some real legitimacy to that i think that Lala probably can't really tell, you know, if she's actually close with Ariana or not. 
now she like serves her this real it's like she's like says this like complimentary stuff but then she's it, it's just so it's like what are you trying to do here lala like which is it it's like she's like i want us to be close and then she's like oh and i messaged messaged rachel <laughs> it's like wait what? yeah well what, what, yeah i'm confused it's again it's giving a little bit more of lala producing herself in this ariana definitely like you can see in her body language she's like what the fuck, you know and but she's being pretty gracious i think in this moment and then she sort of pivots and is like i i hope the best for raquel from a distance but raquel's still doing the same stuff i see her you know um still communicating with tom they're still communicating with each other potentially in a relationship with each other at this point and mariana's like i don't see anything changing i thought that katie was really diplomatic and ariana was too even though they could have been very opposite of that mm -hmm. um and i think yeah ariana's just kind of like worried that it's showing that there's like a foot in the door for raquel and she's mm -hmm. like there's no foot to be had right with me and right. then lala's like reassuring her she's in ariana's corner and i'm i'm not 100 percent sure ariana really sees lala's point of view with this but they kind of like brush over it. They sure do. I they they move on real quick. I think that's gonna blow up in this season. And I wanna shout out Sheena's interview in the middle of this because she's she's <laughs> I love her so much. She's like, Yeah, we might have been able to be friends. At, you know, just if it was just the affair, but the bitch put a temporary restraining order on me and that has changed everything. That was a really classic VPR moment. I felt like I was yeah. like, oh, I'm home. Okay. Yes. Yes. This is it. Okay. <laughs> right. This is our show. And then I love the end of the scene where <laughs> I don't know if it was the edit, but it was like Lala. I just, the tone of how this scene ended and what Lala was saying was so opposite. She was like, um, this was a very good girls night. And she's like, I love you all very much. And like, everyone's so quiet, but Lala, and she's saying yeah. this stuff and you're like, is that really the vibe you're leaving with? Like, maybe we missed like a whole chunk of this night that they didn't film or edit in. Yeah. But it was just odd. And mm -hmm. then the last moment of this episode, here we are. We have more emo music. Oh. It's like, like i'm going home or something is like what the song is saying i'm not gonna sing it and we see like a car pull up in front of tom and ariana's house and we see like shoes hit the ground yeah it's obviously sandoval who's come home from home from war from this from special forces in new zealand did you see and, all like, of the like bandages on his hands and stuff Oh my god, I actually didn't see that. I love it. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, poor, 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 poor Sandoval. I know. Just kidding. Um, but that's amazing. And I bet he really felt like that. I bet he was like, I'm coming home from war. And yeah. I just went through so much. I and mean, that man plays into he he's so um earnest. Tom Sandoval is nothing if not earnest. Like he, he fully believes. And, and I will say like from the beginning of, of VPR, there was something about Tom's earnestness that was endearing. You know, there was something about like, oh, this man, yeah. this man doesn't get the joke. Like he really, <laughs> he he doesn't understand that like this is deeply satirical and hilarious everything he's saying it's like he he plays it so re like he yeah. plays it so straight he plays it so real because he really feels things that intensely and that dramatically like he really sees himself as the hero of not just his story but the story and yeah i think that he absolutely believes like he was battered and bruised <laughs> and and scarred from his time on this reality tv show 
special forces and he's like i'm a i'm a broken man i'm a broken oh man. yeah coming coming home and <laughs> <laughs> and he and he says hello <laughs> to an empty house it echoes it echoes off the walls yeah like in the reverberates <laughs> and it's just so it was and but i also thought that i will say it did not hit me the first time i watched this of many times the first time i watched it it didn't hit me that we hadn't seen tom the whole episode like I, as weird as that sounds like when he shows yeah, up i know what the, you mean yeah when he shows up at the very end yeah i'm like oh holy shit, he wasn't in this and i also then simultaneously thought oh thank god because that is how much we had to soft launch this man back into this show because i could i couldn't have dealt with it otherwise like i absolutely needed him to stay gone for everything except the last 30 seconds yeah i loved it i loved the the soft launch of sandoval back into the yeah into the vpr verse yeah it was really well done yeah kudos to the i mean i thought this was cut very well i thought i thought it was a great episode just wanted to say the production value i think was was really apparent it's like they've got i think they've got a bigger budget you know they're they're like we're gonna we're gonna yeah. make this as cinematic as possible and like give you all the slow-mo and all the montages and all the music and they did they gave it to us Woo! we covered a lot uh let's wrap it up here thank you so much for listening we hope that you enjoyed the episode and we hope that you'll come back and listen to our new episodes that are going to be coming out um if you want to follow us on instagram please do we are at gospel of vpr you can also send us an email your confessions your prayer requests at gospel of vpr at gmail.com and if you want to throw some dollars in the offering plate, the proverbial offering plate, you can rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Help us spread the good news. That would really help us out. Thank you so much for listening. Special thanks to Caleb Thomas Jones, who wrote and recorded the music you heard in this episode. He does so much more than Gregorian chant. So check him out on Instagram and wherever you stream your music. That's Caleb with a K, Thomas Jones. Let's talk about Vendor.